Hi, I'm Joseph Fink. Jeffrey Craner and I make a lot of things together. Podcasts, novels, theater, a pretty good Negroni. But in this show, it is you who makes things. One simple assignment at a time. Welcome to Start With This. Art is hard. Starting is hard. If you want to start somewhere, you can start with this. You can start with this. Start with this. Slowness. We talk a lot in this show about getting stuff done. Do the work right when you have it, and then do it again every day until it becomes a habit in your body. And that kind of technique emphasizes speed, not letting your brain catch up to the muscle memory of creation that you are embedding in your body. But today, I want to talk about creating work slowly. Working slowly has a number of benefits. It is its own kind of artistic habit, and because it puts the finish line far out of sight, it can make you think about your work in terms other than just a final product. Slowness is a way to make something big, even something so big it will never be fully finished, in a way that is manageable and maybe even enjoyable. Let's talk about slowness. Jeffrey, hi. Hi, Joseph. So let's talk about what it means to work slowly. Um, like, obviously, it's not just um, moving very slowly when uh-huh. you're doing it. Um, for me, the, the primary thing about working slowly is just breaking something into small pieces, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's breaking it down. And we've talked about this before, about breaking things down into manageable chunks. Um, but in some ways of, uh, I, I sort of interpret where you're going about working slowly as in, Working things out over time, not feeling the time crunch of things, because as I think you and I both as writers, I definitely struggle with this is a lot lot of times just waiting, pushing things and like working really quickly over a short few days. And and sometimes working slowly can help you meet things out over time, especially when you don't even have a deadline for something. Yeah, yeah. It's the the idea of just doing a little bit on something big every day. Or even just doing a little something without even knowing what it's part of. The the kind of beauty of working slowly is the finish line is so far away, you don't even have to know what the thing is. You can just be like, this seems interesting. I'm just going to do it every day. And maybe eventually, if I do this enough, it'll be something. Well, that's essentially how Nightville got started. Because you were just writing little weird paragraphs. You had this idea of it would be fun to do a podcast and maybe something that's fiction because nobody seems to be doing that. But you just had you just had a handful of paragraphs that weren't necessarily connected right away. And in fact, that first episode, now that we listen back and know everything about Night Vale, feels very connected all the way through. But at the time, I think it was it was weird fiction. It was just these delightful and sometimes scary and sometimes funny and sometimes just upsetting little vignettes. Um, and uh, but yeah, that was that was a process. That was months before between I started writing some things and. Here's a pilot episode I put together. Yeah, I just, that was one where I wrote a paragraph about lights above the Arby's. That was where I started. Mm-hmm. I had a paragraph about lights of the Arby's, and it, it honestly, it was just a feeling in my stomach. It felt right. Because I was like, this is interesting. It feels interesting. And so I just tried to write other paragraphs that felt like that. Um, and if you go and listen to that first episode of Night Vale, there is not really a story there. There's not, like, that episode does not have an arc to it. It is just literally a bunch of paragraphs I wrote over several months stitched together. Um, And then gradually we kind of figured out what the stories we could build from that were. But yeah, if you listen to that original one without context, you can hear that it is just like, 
here's a paragraph about a dog park because it seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's a paragraph about Arby's because it seems interesting. Yeah. I think the daunting thing about large projects, and I think part of when we talk, when people talk about like NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month in November, I think it sort of puts undue pressure on people to feel like I have to do all of this now. And writing a 50, 60,000 word novel in 30 days is the most terrifying thing I can imagine um, of trying to get that much work done right away. But when you have a small project, uh, which I know you do, and I, I have a couple that I just try and get a couple hundred words written, you know, every week, a few hundred words written towards something else, and I just collect it in a folder. Um, and eventually, maybe that momentum picks up quickly because I might have hit a tipping point with it to be like, oh, I see how this is all connected beyond just some loose theme I had in my mind. That, that that's, that's sort of how Within the Wires came together, too, of just jotting down little things here and there over time. And then eventually it, it all clicked together and I could start writing more quickly towards objectives. So, yeah, let's talk about that. What are, for you, the benefits of working slowly on a project? Some of it is confidence. Um, just the notion that, just the notion that I got something done today, um, even if it's five, you know, 500 words, 300 words, something here and there, or, uh, reorganizing an outline, you know, it's just, a I was a writer today. I did a writer, writer thing. That was my job. And I did it. Um, I probably didn't get paid for reorganizing that outline, but it certainly helped me move forward somewhere in the day. I think that's number one for me is just getting something done. It's like a workout. You feel accomplished when you complete it. To me, it's a way of taking a big project. Like slowness, I think, works great for kind of ambitious stuff. And it's a way of making that feel super manageable by letting go of the idea of having to finish it right away or anytime soon. And just, yeah, being like, I'm going to try to this week write 100 words on this thing. Because writing a 100,000-word novel feels like a lot. And having done it, we can say it is a lot of, it is exhausting and it feel and it's really big. Um, but, you know, writing a hundred words in, in a day or in a week doesn't feel that hard. And if you do that over and over for, for a very long time, you will have something big. You will have made that. Um, so it's a way of making that feel manageable. And also like, um, like what you're saying, I think, I think a big thing it's kind of the secret moral of the start with this is that a lot of this is about creating a habit out of art, creating a habit of creation. Um, that if you make it habitual for you to make stuff, um, you'll gra- you'll gradually get better at it, and you'll also have made a lot of things. And so, working slowly, doing these tiny bits over a long time, is a great way of creating that habit. It's also, I think, there can be a real benefit to removing the finish line. The nice thing about working slowly on something is it doesn't even have to be something you plan to finish. Uh, I think I think about you know there's these great structures uh, in the world made you know these like you see them these like things made by people without training and instruction who just mm-hmm. uh, there's one in France that's like this famously this mailman started with a pebble um, and just every day after his uh, shift would just kind of build in his backyard and by the time he died he had built this like whimsical fairy tale palace you can go visit just made out of pebbles stuck together by like cement and I don't think I think he died while making it because it wasn't he wasn't like you know, I could use some more room in my house. Let me build an extension. I'll start with this pe- pebble. It wasn't about that. By removing the finish line, it just becomes like 
this is a thing I like doing. This is part of my life now. I've, I've turned this artistic process into just a way of living. It's a nice way to relax after my postal shift is I work on this fairy tale castle in my backyard and it never has to be finished because it's a fairy tale castle. And Opus 40 is like that too. Yeah. Uh, up here in the Hudson River Valley that uh, it's just a, yeah, it's just a giant, I won't even call it a rock garden. It's like one mammoth sculpture that is uh, acres and acres just entirely made out of stone. I think it's just like blue stone slate that this guy over for, I think it's called Opus 40 because it's 40 years of, of making that um, uh, just every day. And it doesn't seem to have an end. It, it doesn't seem to have a, an idea that it was like, Oh, and this final stone I placed on top and it was complete. Uh, but yeah, it was exactly that same point of, of building out yeah. something. Um, and then, it also is a way of, of and I, I think I said this before, but this idea of, of allowing you to create something without knowing what it is. Um, it gives you a long time to consider the shape of your project, um, going back to, yeah, these people that, you know, Opus 40 and, and this French mailman and his, his castle in his backyard. Like, I'm sure if you're creating something in your spare time using pebbles, there's going to be a long time before you have to decide what it is. I'm sure he could just kind of start building a wall out of pebbles and it he didn't have to be like this is going to be this weird whimsical castle for a very long time like working slowly allows you to build up a lot of material before you ever have to think about what is even the shape of this thing. One of my favorite things about doing any type of like logic puzzles or just puzzles in general uh, whether it's a crossword or a, a, an escape room or some number puzzle or whatever it is but the thing that's great is that you can sit there and stare at something for a long time trying to figure it out. And there's some joy in that. Um, and then sometimes you just make little tiny incremental grabs here and there of, of some progress. But there are moments in puzzle solving where then you just go on a run. Like one little thing unlocks and then you feel your momentum pick up. And I think that's part of what happens in these, in these projects too. There's probably a moment where that man in France was like, what if I did this? And you start building towards that. And I bet then that motivation sort of probably helps pick up your speed a little bit. Not that speed is vitally important, but um, speed is fun once you kind of know what you're doing. You know, writing a hundred thousand word novel is incredibly hard, but it's made all the more fun when you lock onto something and you realize, I know where this is going. I know I know the story this chapter is going to tell. And then that can be incredibly fun. And then you're like, I don't want to put it down. It's not that I'm trying to work fast. It's just, I'm having a great time. And sometimes you write 8,000 words in a day that, that all really land. That actually was a point I wanted to get to, because I wanted to do an episode about slowness not too long after doing an episode about, episode about speed, because I don't think they're actually opposites or contradictory. Like, you know, when we talked about speed, we had talked about the idea of generating stuff quickly before you had a chance to second guess it. And I think you can still do that while working slowly, because um, if you're breaking a giant project down into tiny bits, you can still do you can still use the methods of speed with those tiny bits. Like say, um, say you're writing this hundred thousand word novel and you're like, I want to get I want to get a hundred words uh, every three days or whatever. You can just be like, I'm going to find time every three days to sit down and I'm going to just set a timer for 10 minutes. I'm going to make sure I get those hundred words out in those 10 minutes and just bam, that's done. And then I don't have to worry about it for a few days. Um, so it's a, you can apply those methods of speed within these pieces of working slowly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's not, 
dogmatic to work slowly or to work quickly. Um, well, it sometimes is dogmatic to work quickly if you actually have something assigned to you and it's due. <laughs> if you have a 20 page term paper due in one month uh, and you haven't begun it yet, I, I wouldn't advise practicing slowness right now. Just explain to your teacher, day. listen, I'm trying this thing. <laughs> yeah, here's a podcast you should listen to. These guys say it. And, um, uh, <laughs> you should listen to them because they do, have a podcast. You can do my actual method on the very last paper I had to write for college, uh, which is it came out at the same time as the Lost finale. I think No, it wasn't the Lost finale. It would have been the Wire finale. That's okay. It. it was the Wire finale. And I would write a page of paper and then watch 10 minutes of the finale and then page and then just <laughs> spend an entire night doing that. I don't actually recommend doing that. But. Yeah. Um, when we did our first Night Vale novel, I remember um, just setting office hours for writing for myself. Um, and there was a thing where kind of early on when uh, we were just getting early chapters because we wrote a good chunk of it before we knew the storyline. That was an, that wasn't an example where we had a full outline of the whole novel right away, but it was when we were, we were writing early stuff. And I it, it really was a nice thing to just allow myself, you know, one hour early in the day and one hour later in the day and just say, you know, in that hour, try and get three to 500 words written that move your story forward. Feel free to uh, stop if you hit it before that hour and but don't feel bad if you don't hit it during that hour, but just concentrate on what moves the story forward. And some days I really got a couple hundred words that I felt okay about. And some days I got about a thousand. And, um, and that's really nice when you, we weren't on tight deadline yet. We were still working out our book proposal. And so, uh, yeah, those are those moments where you, you can, you can have that flexibility, um, to do that. And then, and then, and then you, you pick up speed later when either a deadline dictates or, or when something snaps in place. And I think both kind of happened um, for the Night Vale novel. But uh, that, that speed is, is really fun once you, once you find your own inspiration. Yeah, there's a, a luxury to slowness that also once you have a reason to speed up, once you say have a deadline, um, the beauty of having worked slowly for a long time is you already have a lot of the work done and it didn't feel too tough to do at the time because you were doing it slowly. Like if, if the, you, the person listening to this, say your goal is to eventually have a book published and, you know, Mazel Tov, you get a book deal. Um, the publisher is going to be like, great. When can you get us the book? Can you do it by February? And that's, you know, that's has this hard deadline and, oh, oh, oh my God, I had to finish the rest of this, but that can be made a lot easier if you've spent the five years before that, just occasionally working on it and just gradually building it out. And so by the time they're like, can you have it done by February? You're like, sure, I've actually already, over the last five years, I've written most of it. So that that's going to be easy. Um, so that slowness can prepare you for when you have to speed up. Uh, I'll just interject really quickly here. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I think also when you, because the thing is, even if you don't get word count out, if you think of word count as the only form of measure, that's the only metric. It's not the only metric for productivity. A lot of it is just spending time thinking about the world you're building. And if you don't get 500 words written in an hour or whatever it is you're, that you're trying to do, um, you've spent time thinking about it. You've, you've given yourself some time just to think over your story. And so when somebody does come to you and say, "I this is due very shortly in a few months or something, you will feel so much more confident and going into your outlining and going into your your writing toward the end of the story, even if you're working faster than you're used to, you will have so much more knowledge about the characters in the world that you've built because you've spent time thinking and sitting on it. 
Yeah, so let's let's talk about some techniques for working slowly. I mean, we've gone over a lot of them. Uh, uh, the first most obvious one that we've talked about is just choose a task and, and preferably daily, although give yourself breaks. Um, don't, you know, if you're trying to have a relaxing day off, that doesn't, you don't have feel, don't feel like you have to be like, I got to do my 10 minutes of writing. Mm-hmm. Give yourself breaks, but try to get do it as often as possible. But choose a task that is small and manageable and hopefully feels fun. Like if you do this right, this can feel like a nice way of entering your day. You can be like, before I do anything, I'm going to write this one thing today. Um, and it's just going to take me five minutes. I'm just going to do it. And it's this nice way of getting into the day. Um, so it could be writing a few sentences, creating a sketch, or just like making a choice about your project, deciding something about it. Um, you know, that, as you were saying, thinking about your story, that is artistic work as well. Um, so, you know, you can, after you've developed, after you've done this enough times and it's time to think about the larger shape of your project, schedule some of that time and be like, instead of instead of writing for 10 minutes this morning, I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading back over what I've written and just thinking about what this is. And that's valuable work too. Um, that's, that's part of it. You're going to want to do that a few times. And I think it also helps to decide on your time frame. And that isn't to say give yourself a deadline, but it just helps you decide what you're doing. Um, you know, you can be like, I want to work on this gradually over a week. And that kind of gives you a sense of how big should these chunks be and how big should the thing be. Or it can be like, I kind of feel like I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. And that's also great. And it's also another way of being like, this is can just be for me, and this can just be this bigger thing I'm doing for the rest of my life. And having this idea of your time frame gives you a sense of what you're doing with your slowness. And you can have, uh, I think you alluded to this too, which is uh, it gives you reference points, right? That you can say, you know, in the example of I want to write a 100,000-word novel, you might say, well, let's see, if I were to get to 25,000 words of that, I don't know where the novel's going, but I have this idea of characters and kind of a setting and sort of a, a premise. For 25,000 words, what if I, what if I tried to get 2,500 words written every two weeks? You know, that's, uh, you know, that's half a, you know, it's 20 weeks. Like just try and get enough written over time. Like there's no urgency. Nobody's given me a book deal. I don't have to turn this in. Just give yourself those 20 weeks to, I think I did the math right. I don't remember. But anyways, you give yourself a time frame, And then at that point you have 25,000 words and you can sort of reassess. How do I feel? Where am I at? Can I change my time frame? Can I work more quickly? Can I do more words in a day? Those sorts of things. It's a really great check-in point uh, along that way of you can even change your time parameters. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about any of these techniques is they're ultimately for you. And so you can adjust them however they're useful to you. I mean, like, if any of this stuff is useful to you, then you use it. And if any of it seems to not be useful to you, then you drop it or you change it. Like, mm-hmm. that. that's the whole beauty of working quickly or working slowly is they're just trying to find a way to make it useful and good for you to work. Yeah. Um, do you have any cautions or downsides to think through when you're deciding to work on something slowly? I think the thing is, is balancing the notion of you don't want to set an urgency on yourself that this has to be done now or this has to be completed by a certain time or I need to finish a novel before I die or whatever. Like Placing too much emphasis on that uh, can be a little bit dangerous because then it feels like I'm never going to be able to do that. It, it, it's just such an uphill climb. But on the flip side, you don't want to remove sense of motivation to do it. You you have to find that balance and I just enjoy doing this every day. And I'm just going to allow myself to chip away. 
just going to allow myself to chip away at this day by day. And, and I think the trick is being able to find the enjoyment of doing it when you do it. Uh, for me, it's reading my own stuff aloud back to myself. That sounds sort of arrogant, but sometimes I know when something sounds good, when I'm just like, I like what I just wrote. That sounds really nice to me when I say it out loud. But yeah, I think it's finding that balance because sometimes if you feel too much pressure to do a thing, you can become overwhelmed. And if you just start feeling like none of this matters. Nobody's reading it. It's just a sidebar project. You can lose all of your energy and momentum. Yeah. I mean, the reason we talk about speed a lot is because it allows you to bypass a lot of this confidence issues or procrastination issues. And so when you work slowly, you should just be aware of the possibility of like you, as you say, you might, you might lose that momentum. You might just start feeling like, well, this doesn't matter because I'm working on it so slowly. So it just, I, what is really the difference between me writing 100 words and re me writing zero? I might as well not. Or you can start to feel overwhelmed. Like, oh, no, I've set myself a 10-year project. 10 years is so big, and this thing is so big. I I can't even think about 100 words for this thing because it's just such a big project. So you want to you wanna just kind of be self-aware about that. Like, there's, mm -hmm. there's not really a right or wrong here. Just be self-aware of, like, is working this way ultimately making me feel overwhelmed or losing momentum? And if so, maybe I should rethink how I'm working on it. Another thing I think is, and you've mentioned this, is this will probably happen naturally, but it's kind of hard to finish something working slowly. Like at a certain point, you do need to focus in. Um, so if you're working on, we keep using the example of a 100,000 word novel, like at a certain point, let's say, let's say you even work slowly the entire 100,000 words. Uh, you've very slowly written a 100,000 word draft. At a certain point, if you want it to be a finished novel, you will have to be like, I'm going to I'm going to edit this a bit and I'm going to like really have to focus in like your your time frame and the way you're doing it in order to actually reach a finish line. If that's your goal, which it doesn't have to be, will likely have to speed up at some point. It's kind of a, it's kind of very difficult to actually completely finish something very slowly. And then the, the last thing is and again, this is really just a caution if you actually want to finish something specific is just making sure that your work is contributing to that in some way like. If you're trying to write this 100,000-word novel, but then you notice that the last several times, you know, the last three months of working on it, you've just been writing some poems, that's really cool, But and it could be useful to you. Maybe you need to redecide what the project is. But if you really want to write that novel, then probably you're just getting a little sidetracked in all that space that you've given yourself, and you just need to refocus in on, let me just make sure the stuff I'm writing could at least apply to the story I'm trying to tell. I think the trap we get into when we intellectually think about getting into a rhythm with ourselves, whether it's I'm going to write for, one, you know, 10 minutes a day. Uh, I'm going to go running for one hour every day. I'm going to make sure to eat one salad every day. Whatever it is that you're doing to better your life. The, the trap we get into is when you think about that just objectively, uh, just only in your head, it all sounds like, yeah, I like a rhythm. I, I like a predictability in my life. The, the downfall of that is, is that when you're in those moments, every time feels completely different. You know, as a runner, you know this, there are some days where you just like, while you're running, you feel great. You're like, this is a great day. I feel like I could actually run a marathon today. I feel like I could just keep running all day long. And then some days you are five minutes in and you're like, I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah. And I mean, so I, I went, I did a, I did my, I, I have very, speaking of slow projects, it literally took, I think about three years to work up to being able to regularly run a 10 K and today I did it and it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, and this, I think the way this applies to artists, there was no way for me to predict that when I started. 
Um, it really wasn't until you're in the middle of it that you're either like, because as you say, yeah, there's been times I've run this exact same loop I ran today where I'm like, maybe I should just keep running. Like, I feel great. I feel like I could run another two hours and I'd be fine. And then there's days like today where I got, you know, a mile into it and I'm just like, every step will be torture today. <laughs> and you want to do something else. You you want to say like, well, what if I go do, what if I just did sit-ups or what if I just did a uh, rode my bike instead or something? And listen, there's nothing wrong. Like just like skip, you know, avoiding your novel to write poetry. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's also really good for you. But um, if your objective is to get to the point of running a 10 K um, there has to be a point where you don't lose that direction and momentum. And some days you're just not going to want to do it. Um, but it is important to remember to, to fight through those. I mean, it's funny that um, there are some days where I just like, uh, where with, with, you know, writing within the wires several months ago, working on season four, there were a couple days where I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I'm going to go back to night Vale. And then there, and then there are days later, as we were wrapping that up where I'm like, I cannot write this night Vale episode. I'm going to go back to writing this with it. And you just, it's it's a weighing thing because you, you they they both have deadlines. So ultimately, you have to be like, well, this one is more important because this is waiting on me right now. And um, those are those moments where you have to remember, I'm I'm focusing on this, and it's just hard today, and I'm just going to get through it because I promised myself that I would. Um, just know that going into this, it seems really delightful that every day will feel the same to you, and it will not. And you have to make a decision for yourself. Like, is this the kind of thing that's for me? In which case, you know, wander off and do the things that seem more interesting. Or is this a thing where I, I want to have finally achieve this thing? In which case, you have to have the days where you're like, this feels terrible, but I'm just going to complete complete my 10 minutes and move on with my day. Um, those inspiring words, let's go to a break and we will be back with your assignments. Great. Hello, Joseph here. I have two books coming out this year. Seriously. May 11th, 2021. The first 10 years, two sides of the same love story. So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me and Meg Bashwinner, MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship year by year without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then on July 20th, 2021, the Halloween Moon, my first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you are a fan of what I do, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Okay, and we are back with your assignments. I'm going to give you your consume assignment, which is a visual art piece by the artist Susan D'Amato called The Taxonomy of Air. Um, Susan is an artist uh, who goes for a daily walk or a near daily walk. And after every walk, she creates these quick sketches of bits of nature she saw, just things she saw, plants, rocks, earth, um, using ink on, on these little squares of rice paper. And the sketches themselves are examples of working quickly because she just really quickly sketches out these things in this very loose way. But the, desi the design of the project is she will continue making these sketches until she has exactly 10,000 of these rice paper squares. And she, when she displays them, she displays them in these giant, giant grids. There's just these grids, vast grids of sketches. And at the rate of a few sketches a day, this project is designed... Um, the whole point of it is it will take her years, if not the rest of her life. Um, that's the goal of it. It is 
this perfect combination of a simple, fast task done every day contributing to this lifelong artwork. There is a website that has several of the sketches and then also pictures of how she displays that, and we will link that in the show notes and on the member message board. And for your create assignment, uh, here's what we're going to have you do. So uh, every day for one week, set aside the time to write three sentences of a single piece. For the first four days, uh, we don't want you to make any attempt to design the finished work. Just get three sentences out. Uh, put some thought into how those three sentences connect in some way, but but just get those three sentences out each day. And for the first four days, just get the three sentences. That's what you're after. Just use those previous day sentences as a guide and continue whatever it is you seem, you seem to be doing. Don't think about the bigger picture just yet. On day five, though, we do want you to think about the bigger picture and make a decision about the shape of the final piece. You've got 12 sentences so far, so on day five, start thinking about where this piece is going. Um, what, is the, what is the moral message? What is the story arc? What is, uh, what is the character? What is the meaning here? Start thinking about those issues. And for those last three days, days five, six, and seven, start to move us to whatever ending you have in mind, to whatever message or moral or feeling that you want us to end with. Um, once finished, give one final read through and maybe do that aloud to yourself. I always recommend that. I think you do too, Joseph. And, um, and then do some edits and call that a finished work created in one week, uh, three sentences at, at a time. If you like, you can try a similar project over the course of a month, uh, or even a year, or a lifetime. Three sentences a day should take very little time, but they can add up slowly into really large works. So that is your create and your consume assignments for this episode. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's all for this episode, but your assignment is just beginning. Head on over to startwiththispodcast.com to join our membership community. Becoming a member allows you to share your assignments with other listeners, talk about what's sparking your creativity, and find future collaborators. Plus, you'll be able to ask follow-up questions about this and future episodes and gain exclusive access to episodes where we answer those questions. Membership is just $5. That's the same price as five books from one of those carts outside of a bookstore that never has anything you actually want on it. So instead, get this. We can't wait to see what you are working on. Start With This is a production of Night Vale Presents. It's produced by Julia Melfi, editing by Grant Stewart, mixing by Vincent Cascione. Theme written by Joseph Fink. I also performed it. It's me. All other music is by Caged Animals. That's Vincent Cachione. Find more at cagedanimals.net. Very special thanks to Adam Cecil and Christy Gressman. Check out nightvalepresents.com for more information about this show and all of our other shows. And thank you for listening. Um, as always, we like to end with a saying. In this case, I just want to reference a famous uh, fable mm -hmm. about slowness and speed. Um, and that fable is, of course, called The Tortoise and, and the, the Broadway Musical cup. Hair. Thank you so much. Alice Isn't Dead is a horror thriller road trip from the team behind Welcome to Night Vale, and starring Jessica Nicole of Fringe and Night Vale. A truck driver searches the country for the long-lost wife she thought was dead, but Alice isn't dead. If you love American Gods or Stephen King or Night Vale, you'll love this show. 
the entire series available to binge now wherever you listen to podcasts.